Is artificial intelligence something you want to use for your brand but are still trying to figure out how? Join us at the Digital Join us at the Digital AI Marketing Summit in Santa Barbara, California from April 11th to April 13th and see how brands and agencies are using new technology for everything, shifting media dollars, customer service, and content curation. For more information, visit digiday.com/events. Hope to see you there. Hello and welcome to Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Digiday producer Aditi Sango, and this episode is a session from the Digiday Publishing Summit. This is a summit where we had many media executives join us to talk about big challenges and most importantly, what are the avenues to build out a sustainable business. In this session, Digiday's Brian Morrissey talks to Bobby Moran, who is the CRO of Politico, about their subscription arm. Moran says that their renewal rate stands at 95% and they have about 4000 subscribing organizations. And Bobby also talks about the mistakes Politico made while building out the subscription product. He made a list and it was a long one. You want to keep listening. Here's the session. We want to talk about uh, subscriptions and yeah. the journey you guys have been on. Yeah. What percentage of Politico's revenue at this point are, comes from the subscription business yeah. versus advertising and then other, because you do events and other things? Yeah, uh, a little over half. Uh, about 55% of our revenue right now comes from subscriptions. Um, both parts of the business are growing at double digits, um, but uh, uh, Pro has um, continues to grow at rapid pace for us. Okay, um, and so give us the background on Pro when, when it started. Yeah, yeah. So uh, 2011, uh, we launched Politico Pro, and it was, uh, I think, very different from other subscription models. Uh, and it's actually something you referenced the other day uh, around, like, you can basically go down two paths. One is take what you currently have and put it behind a paywall, or create something entirely different. Um, so we started with, uh, with three policy areas, um, technology, energy, and healthcare, um, and uh, about 35 journalists together uh, covering those three policy areas. Um, uh, and hyper-focused on that information and content. Um, since then, we've added another 13 policy areas, about three or four each year. Uh, and the content is written for um, somebody who relies on the information we're producing um, uh, to do their jobs. Um, so uh, uh, lobbyists, uh, law firms, PR firms, trade associations, um, uh, government officials, uh, people on uh, Capitol Hill and various agencies. Um, so uh, uh, that's the... And they pay you a lot of money. This is they do. Like they pay us a lot of money. Ninety-nine dollars um, yeah, a year. Yeah, we uh, we started around ten thousand dollars a year and go up to three hundred thousand dollars a year. What what costs three hundred thousand? Uh, I'm gonna add this to the yeah, DJ yeah, yeah. plus tier. <laughs> all uh, like basically access to all of our policy areas for a lot of people. Okay, so like yeah. it's a you know a whole company gets yes, access yeah. to it. Okay, and so. You have an entirely different team that does this rather than um, you know, the, the core you know, newsroom team. That's right. So now we have about 125 journalists dedicated to pro. Okay. Yeah. And, and they, they have a different profile than the, the, the regular reporters that are sniffing out what, who's up and who's down in the Trump I mean, cabinet? All, all of our reporters are motivated by and, and, and drive a lot of scoops. Um, it's just that they're a little more focused in a particular policy area. So whereas some of our reporters for Politico.com might be focused on um, you know, the White House or uh, the politics, what's happening back and forth between Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell, um, uh, the pro reporters uh, will focus in on their policy area. Now, 
some of that content will sometimes uh, be applicable to a broader audience like Politico.com. Um, so about uh, 10% of our content um, does um, filter over to the dot-com audience. Right. But the, the, the content is differentiated enough that it's not a question. Because one of the things I was like saying is, is the hard part of creating a subscription product is people will say, well, why am I paying for this stuff and, and not paying for this stuff? Exactly. So um, it is totally different. Um, now, there's a, a, the vast majority of, um, of Politico Pro readers also read Politico.com, but the content is very, very different. It's much more niche. It's much more focused um, on the particular policy areas themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, within each policy area, we have like 100 tags um, uh, that you can subscribe to uh, to get information on, and that information is pushed to you throughout the course of the day in bite-sized chunks or in the form of articles or newsletters. Okay. So what's the funnel like when uh, for getting people down to a subscription? Because I think uh, it came up in the working group um, yeah. on uh, reader revenue the other day that um, you know, house ads are not you know, a marketing strategy. Yeah, that's right. Um, so so I mean, are you doing a lot of paid or, or how are you going about it? So I mean, in terms of like our, our marketing strategy right yeah. now? Yeah, for getting people down the funnel yeah. Convert. So um, our marketing team, um, which we, we actually, we did not invest uh, in a marketing team for the first probably uh, three, three and a half years um, with Pro. Um, and the reason for that was that we, um, uh, it was pretty easy for us to know who our targeted audience was. Uh, there's only about 5,000 organizations uh, who would potentially subscribe something like Pro. Okay. Um, so uh, we didn't really invest upfront. Now, um, we have started to do uh, a lot more um, uh, targeting um, on our, our marketing folks, can explain this better than I can, um, LinkedIn, um, mm-hmm. on, uh, on Twitter, uh, on our site uh, to drive people. So through our politico.com traffic, let's say you read uh, 15 agriculture articles, um, then we're going to try to bring you from uh, the ag space uh, into our, our, our vertical. Okay, so you are using like, people's site activity to, t- yes. to, to upsell yes. Okay. Yes. Who are you, like, what, like, what's your stack look like? I'm going to ask you the vendor question. Our, st- our stack of? Yeah, like, you know, the vendors that you use in order to oh. segment your audience. And, yeah, and yeah, like, kind of uh, oh gosh. Um, uh, Marketo right now is the, the, the biggest vendor we use right now to identify what's happening on the website to, to track them uh, mm-hmm. across, the, um, uh, across the site. That's the, okay. the people we use the most. And now, how about on the sales front? Is it a different sales team? Is it, it's a different sales team as well. So, so the people sell out selling advertising, you're not having them also sell subscriptions. That's correct. Um, so we have um, 80 people uh, on the pro side um, dedicated to just bringing in uh, Politico Pro subscriptions. Uh, and th- Wait, 80 people that are not like creating content, they're just... That's right, just bringing in, uh, just bringing in uh, sales. So account management um, and, uh, and new business. Wow. Combination of the two. So how do you grow the addressable market? Because there's only so many lobbyists. I mean, well, there's a lot of lobbyists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we have, um, we've done a couple things. Uh, uh, one, uh, we've taken uh, Politico Pro into some new markets, and it actually has pretty uh, broad applicability. Um, uh, into higher education, for example. We've been selling for the last two years into higher education, and we found that there are three uh, uh, people we can sell to there. We can sell to librarians, we can sell to people who focus on government affairs, and we can focus um, on actual faculty 
themselves. They want to know what's happening uh, in, uh, in Washington and around the country. Um, uh, we've also found that uh, uh, folks in New York in the finance space are willing to pay for this information because it has a massive impact on, uh, on the markets. Yeah. Uh, at least it's, it's a part of um, the decisions they're making. So um, they want access to Politico Pro because it's real-time information um, that they use to make trading decisions. Right. I think you should go for the hedge fund people rather than the librarians. Librarians, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to tell you your strategy. Uh, and then also in Europe, you're bringing, you, you've brought it to Europe, right? Yeah, so we replicated about three years ago. We, um, we did a joint venture with Axel Springer, um, and we launched an office in Brussels. Um, and we now have people in London on the ground there and various cities around Europe. And we, and we took the same model that worked in Washington and around, and around the country uh, and applied that to... Uh, and apply that to Europe. So we have a pro offering over there, and uh, as well as all the ad sales offerings you mentioned earlier. Now, the only difference is we launched those two things simultaneously. Uh, whereas before in DC, we waited for, um, uh, we, we, had, we had Politico.com for the first four years before we launched the pro product. Was that always in the plan? I mean, in retrospect, everyone says it was always in the plan, but was pro always in the plan uh, for? From the beginning of yeah. Politico? Yeah. No. Okay. No. Yeah, 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 no. Um, well, I think here's what we noticed. In, in 2011, um, uh, there are a couple things. One, we were dependent upon one revenue stream, which was the advertising and, uh, at that point, a little bit of the events business. Um, so there were, there were a couple things that worked out for us. One, we wanted to diversify revenue streams through a subscription product. It's, it, the great thing, as you all know, it's predictable revenue. Um, the uh, uh, second thing was we were pushing out these morning newsletters, morning healthcare, morning tech, morning energy, and they had a great following. We had um, anywhere from 3,000 to 15,000 subscribers to those uh, products. Um, so uh, we thought, well, can we take those products and put them on steroids? Um, and then create a, a team separ uh, that's separate above and beyond. And then throughout the course of the day, the cadence was you get your morning newsletter, um, and then we're going to dedicate anywhere between five to 10 journalists to that particular policy area. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to get bombarded with information of your choosing, because you select, you select your tags, um, and you get the information throughout the course of the day in bite-sized chunks. Um, so we'll push it right to your email. Um, and so people would get like two or three what we call whiteboards in the course of a day, and then various articles towards the end of the day mm -hmm. uh, as it mapped out what was going on. So it's not really one product. It's, it's any number of products, right? Yeah, so, so Pro started Because it's like super yeah. niche. It's super niche, but it's all, but we've also we've also expanded our um, our uh, product suite. So at first, and this is one of the mistakes I think we made. Um, at first, we took that model when we when we launched healthcare, energy, and tech. It was like boom, and people were we actually underpriced the product. Uh, we started charging twenty five hundred dollars, um, which we're now charging ten thousand dollars for. And we, we renewed people uh, the following year for for twice the cost, um, and, and we had a, a ninety five percent renewal rate. So we we underpriced. Uh, going into the market uh, back in 2011. Um, but we've also added, and the mistake we made was we took that, uh, we took that, uh, that model of energy, healthcare, and technology, and then we added financial services, we added defense, we added uh, education, we added agriculture. But we, we probably um, uh, we repeated that model 16 times. We now have 16 policy areas. We now have cybersecurity, e-health. What we didn't do um, was... Uh, add some of the uh, uh, wraparound services, the tools, uh, fast enough people want. So they also wanted things like a congressional directory. They also wanted a legislative compass. Uh, we launched a product called uh, DataPoint two years ago, which is a um, uh, data visualization tool. Um, uh, uh, again, it's still within our editorial team, uh, but we, we create graphics that um, companies can use to 
uh, say, here's what's happening in Washington, and here's the impact um, uh, we're having. So a lot of people don't understand what's happening in Washington and in various state capitals around the country. Mm -hmm. um, so those, uh, those graphics are something you can take, repurpose, put your logo on it, and say, here's what we're doing. So it seems like the more niche you get, the more you can charge. Is that the basic? Yes, I would say okay. so. But and, and by the way, that, that applies to Politico.com, too. I think that's that's our, our whole model, is like, like we're, we're not... Uh, we're not writing for the masses. Uh, we are writing for a hyper-focused audience. So on .com, if we're telling, like uh, our reporters, even though, they're, uh, even though we have 25 million uniques, um, if I'm writing for Paul Ryan, uh, John Kelly, uh, Donald Trump, uh, and Mitch McConnell, if we can tell them something new, then everybody in their orbit um, has to read Politico. Mm -hmm. uh, and the same but is true. some of the stuff, I mean, it's broader. I mean, politics it, it, these days is like a, a pop culture phenomenon almost. I mean, people tune in for the latest episode of the Trump show. They definitely do. But I, I will say, though, we're, not, we're still not covering those issues in the same way that a lot of, um, uh, a lot of people are. But I, I totally agree that there's, in the last year or two, like, it, it, it's changed dramatically. I mean, who would have thought that, like, uh, that, that, fo that football would be a political thing uh, in yeah. 2017, 2018, right? Whereas two years ago, it wasn't. Um, and I, that the Republicans would be against it. Yeah, right? <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Yeah. I want to take a quick break here and tell you a little more about Digiday Plus. It's our premium membership product, and you should join our community to get a first-hand look at how digital is transforming the world of media. You'll get the Digiday magazine, exclusive research, and invites to exclusive member events, and it's only $33 a month. Please sign up at digiday.com. And for you, our podcast listener, we have a discount offer. To get 25% off your subscription, enter the code PODCAST at checkout. Now, back to the episode. So how do you balance the sort of resource allocation? Because you've got like the ad-supported side that builds the brand, yep. that drives, you know, not half the business, but less than half the business. But then you've got the recurring revenue subscription side, yep. better margins, like keep that balance. Because I would guess if you're just looking at it, you'll be like, oh, well, let's just put more resources into the subscription product and not in the quote unquote free product. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're investing in both heavily. Uh, one, because both are still growing. And by the way, quick plug, uh, I've talked to some of you about this. Uh, we are growing so fast, I'm looking to hire more talent. Uh, so if you know of anybody who uh, wants a sales job in New York or uh, in DC, um, please talk to me. Uh, but uh, we, we're, we're investing in both. Um, certainly, the, the more products we can add that candidly aren't human capital dependent, um, the higher margins we're going to see. And there's an opportunity, certainly more for that on the subscription side. Uh, but uh, we recognize, one, that um, our, our ad side is still growing at double digits. Um, we, and it's uh, almost content marketing for the subscription. And, and, exactly. Don't, the, don't tell the reporters that. Yeah, <laughs> one of the things that, that was, uh, we were lucky, uh, I was lucky to have in 2011 when I first started selling Pro um, was the uh, .com uh, brand. Like, we spent four years building out Politico.com, um, so there's no doubt that um, that had an impact on, so we didn't need the marketing up front. It yeah. had a huge impact on uh, people's awareness of the product. Right, so the competitive set is often different, right? So on, on the free side, you've got yeah. The Hill, got Axios now, um, New York Times, Washington Post is, are, are both you know, throwing resources into covering Washington, um, particularly the Trump phenomenon. Yep. Um, but then I'm guessing on the subscription. And I would argue we're still beating them, but keep going. Okay, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, on the subscription side, uh, 
it's probably a different uh, competitive set, right? It's a different beast. Uh, so we compete more with um, Bloomberg Government, uh, National Journal, uh, Congressional Quarterly, uh, increasingly with some of these uh, more niche data players um, like uh, Quorum and Fiscal Note, um, but uh, primarily with uh, BGov, NJ, and CQ. Okay. So getting back to the free side, um, I'm going to try to get you to talk some smack. Uh, <laughs> Axios had a great first year, right? I yeah. mean, great. They're, they're breaking lots of stories, a lot of buzz. They're lighting up my Twitter feed. Um, I, obviously, uh, you know, a couple of early Politico, everyone thought they founded Politico, even though they didn't. But um, a lot of founding team members went over to, to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's, the, what's the differentiation now between you guys and what Axios is doing? I, mean, I think the differ differentiation is one, I mean, like, um, it's just, we're, we're producing a lot more content, uh, and our content um, has more depth to it. Like, I, and by the way, I have nothing bad to say about Jim and Roy and, and Mike Allen. I'll they're, keep they're, asking. Okay, we'll all right. They're, 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 no, seriously, they're, they're, they're great guys, and um, they, I think, they think long term, uh, this is my take anyway, okay. uh, their, uh, what their, their plan, what they're trying to do is different from Politico's. Now, obviously, Mike Allen has a you know, competitive product with us. Obviously, uh, they're covering things like Trump, um, but they are, I, I think we're doing things in a much more uh, uh, in-depth way. Uh, they're all about smart brevity, um, and smart brevity certainly uh, can work uh, in certain instances, but um, uh, I would argue that we're, we're getting uh, just as many scoops as they are, if not more, because we have more people on the ground. Uh, and uh, we also, uh, we're, 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 we're getting to the, the nuance, and like, you can't sometimes get to the nuance of something or the uh, most important uh, piece by just writing something about, writing 500 mm -hmm. words. Sometimes you need more than 500 words, which is why we have our magazine, why we have um, other uh, forms of journalism. We certainly do the short stuff, we also do the long stuff too. So, I mean, they're gonna be rolling out um I mean, they're tweaking the Politico playbook, let's face it. Uh, so yeah. they're going to be rolling out a subscription product. So you're expecting to compete on, on that end too, right? Potentially. I, I don't know uh, enough about their plans. I mean, they've been talking about it, obviously, for, you know, yeah. since, before they, <laughs> since before they launched. Um, they haven't uh, produced anything yet. Um, again, they are uh, smart guys. I'm sure whatever they come up with will be impressive. But I don't know. I don't think. I, mean, I think they would be, it wouldn't be smart for them to come out and try to compete with Pro. I mean, we, we, have, we have a 95% renewal rate. We've got 4,000, almost 4,000 subscribing organizations yeah. who are hooked to Politico Pro right now to do their jobs. So tell me about the, the renewal rate, because I think churn is, is not um, talked about enough when people uh, talk about you know, pivoting to paid or whatever, because you know, churn for, for most people is far higher than 5%. Is yeah. it just the nature of the product that that leads to, I mean, I know, yes, it's a quality product, but why, yeah, yeah. why, why is the churn rate in this area so low? I mean, I, I, I can't answer that beyond just the quality of the product. Like, our journalism is really freaking good. Uh, and people need, they, they need Politico to, to do their jobs. Mm -hmm. So, um, or they, need, they need Politico Pro to do their jobs. They need, they need the entire uh, organization. Um, so, uh, I think we've continued to, um, uh, you know, not only win on the journalistic side, but we're also adding now uh, these tools and resources mm -hmm. uh, that people need to, to their jobs. So uh, as long as we continue to innovate, add, uh, add new products that they, that they want, um, I think we're going to continue to see those high renewal rates. Right. So are you thinking about a paywall on the free side? I mean, a lot of people here are talking about it. Yeah. Um, we kicked it around. We, uh, we haven't done one yet. Um, we did some testing, I think, 
maybe back in like 2012, 2013. I honestly don't recall what the results that, that those tests were. Um, and we've thought about it for the dot-com uh, side. Uh, I think what a lot of folks don't know uh, is that a lot of our traffic, uh, even though we, you know, we, we're, we're based in Washington, we also have uh, offices in New York, Florida, uh, California, Texas, Massachusetts, Illinois. Um, and as a result, about 80% of our traffic actually comes from outside of, outside of Washington. Okay. So what, what were, you referenced one of them, but what were some mistakes along the way um, of building the subscription set? I made a list. Oh, uh, great. Hope you don't mind. <laughs> um, so there were lots of mistakes. Uh, let's see, what should I start with? Oh, that is a long list. I know, I know. <laughs> I'll start with the, like the, the editorial business partnership. I think that's actually now one of our strengths. Um, it's, uh, uh, we work incredibly closely, the business side works incredibly closely with the editorial team. Now, the traditional firewalls um, are still in place. Uh, we would never, ever, ever uh, ask a journalist to you know, uh, uh, you know, cover this or write a story in this way mm -hmm. about somebody. But uh, when it comes to the product and understanding our customers, uh, we are in lockstep. Um, so we, we meet on a regular basis. Um, that didn't work when I first started uh, in 2011. I literally got chastised uh, by my boss at the time for spending too much time in the newsroom. Um, and I was like, wait a minute, I have to uh, okay. spend time in the newsroom. So it's a to... more traditional throat over the wall. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I, I was like these guys, the, the, the journalists are my product. I have to understand them, what they do, how they do it, and why it's better so I can sell it. Yeah. Um, and so. Uh, but that was also in the era when like, there was people selling access to the reporters. I remember the Washington, Washington Post. Washington Post, Salon. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, but and this, this was just like inside of our newsroom internally. Like this wasn't anything about like, right. I, I was just trying to understand our, our people. I'm sure you were do. trying yeah, to yeah, yeah, sketchy, yeah, 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 it wasn't sketchy, but you know, uh, <laughs> they, they perceived it as sketchy. Okay. So, it, but it's, it's, been a, it's been a long, um, it's been a, I'll say a long road, but it's, it's, it's been a good one um, in that uh, I think that's now a strength of ours. Like our editorial team and our business team um, are in lockstep around what's going to create the most value for our, uh, for our pros uh, and for our readers. Okay. What else is on the list? All right. Um, I think we waited too long to, uh, to add the services I was talking about before. So it was just the journalism. I'm not saying that, and the journalism, by the way, is the most important piece. It's what hooks somebody. It's what brings them into Politico, but, um, uh, especially to pro. But what we, um, uh, we, did, we, we were hearing from the market, you guys need to have a congressional directory, you need a legislative compass, you need these other tools and services. Uh, and we were too late to the market with some of those tools. Now, we've added those and we're adding more of them. Uh, but what we found is that uh, when somebody gets a piece of content from us, let's say they're, they're reading, uh, they get a, what we call a whiteboard in the middle of the day uh, and uh, it mentions John McCain. Mm -hmm. well, we want them to be able to then click on John McCain's name, because that person now wants to schedule a meeting with their office. Uh, it takes them to the congressional directory. Uh, they can read that information, uh, call that person, and then make some notes on their phone, uh, all in the context of the pro ecosystem. Okay. Um, that, was a, that was something we didn't have early on. Uh, I think we, we waited too long to get to that place. Um, and then we also, we've, we've made it hard to do business uh, with uh, our, we've made it hard for our customers to do business with us. We structured ourselves internally in a way that worked for us mm -hmm. uh, in terms of like how we were renewing clients, how we were selling them, uh, but uh, we, uh, it, it wasn't easy for them to do business. So my colleague, uh, Donna Sestanchu, who now is the VP of Pro, she runs the Pro team since I took over the role of CRO, um, had us read this, read a book last year called The Effortless Experience. And it's all about 
uh, uh, making it easy for customers to do uh, uh, work with you, or to, uh, to, uh, to do business with you. And uh, it used to take somebody like, if, if they wanted to, let's say somebody called in and wanted to add a subscriber, yeah. it might take them three phone calls to get to the person <laughs> who could do that. Yeah. Um, and we've changed that so they, now get, get, they get right to the right person. Okay. Um, so we, we made some structural mistakes internally. Um, we did a terrible job of collecting data and using that data uh, across the organization. Uh, when, we, when, I, when we first started, we actually had, uh, for those of you in sales, we had two Salesforce systems um, that did not talk to one another. Um, so our, our ad sales team uh, was in one uh, Salesforce system, we were in another, and so then I would uh, you know, go through, put my notes in Salesforce, go on a meeting, uh, and not know that somebody either had been on a meeting, uh, had talked to them, uh, that they had been to a live event uh, in the last uh, week or two. So we looked I'm laughing incredibly, this is very familiar. <laughs> we looked incredibly, <laughs> incredibly uncoordinated. Uh, so we're actually, we, we've made a big investment um, in the last couple of years, in particular this year, in our infrastructure, and we're um, trying to um, get those systems not only to talk to one another so we can be smarter about who we're targeting, who's ripe for upsell, uh, who um, should be reading, um, you know, uh, who should be coming to our events because they're they're engaged uh, everywhere else with us. Yeah, getting to know your audience in a That's deep right. way. That's right. Okay, yeah. Bobby, thank you, Thanks, everybody. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you liked our show, and I hope you did, then please share it forward. How you can do that is by rating us and leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and now we're also on Anchor.fm. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you soon with another session.